Greetings in Jesus' name. I'm Bishop Chester Wright, and this is a video teaching series, Praying in the Spirit. This is part one of that series. The focus of part one is learning to pray in the Spirit. This is lesson number four, and the focus of this lesson is understanding that this, that speaking with tongues is the manifestation of the Spirit that is God has given to us. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7 says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. The Amplified Bible, Classic Edition says, But to each one is given the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, the evidence, the spiritual illumination of the Spirit for good and profit. Rotherham's Emphasized Bible says, But unto each one is given the manifesting of the Spirit, with a view to that which is profitable. Which the expanded translation says, but to each one there is constantly being given the clear, clearly seen operations of the Spirit with a view to the profit of all. And then finally, God's word, God's word translation says, the evidence of the Spirit's presence is given to each person for the common good of everyone. Now, the important thing to understand here is this. Um, without getting too deeply into it now, because I'll cover it in a later lesson in this series. Uh, the common sign, external evidence that God has given uh, the Holy Ghost to people is the baptism of the Holy Ghost, which we will go over much more detail in the next lesson on that part. But the manifestation of the Spirit. What is the manifestation of the Spirit? And how is that manifestation of the Spirit given to us to profit with all? Furthermore, the context of 1 Corinthians 12, 7 speaks about the giftings of the Spirit. And those giftings of the Spirit are also profitable for the body. Not everybody is given, all, no one is given all the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, and not everybody, uh, it, it, well, everybody has a gift of the Spirit. So whatever it is, you and the Lord need to uh, wait on Him and pray until you know what that gifting is. He doesn't give anybody the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and He doesn't also give them a gifting of the Spirit to utilize for the edification of the body. However, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit that individual so that that man can then be utilized by gifts of the Spirit for the profit and the edification of the body. Now, what is that manifestation of the Spirit that's given to every man? Uh, let's look at John chapter 3, verse 6. First time Jesus in the New Testament really spoke about uh, being born of the Spirit. Uh we find in these verses, and I want you to pay very close attention, that the voice of the Spirit is proof of His presence in us. John chapter 3, verse 6, and, I'm, and let me just quickly quote John chapter 3, verse 3, uh, and he, speak, Jesus speaking to Nicodemus when he said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter second time his mother's womb to be, and be born? And then Jesus said, uh, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And then the verse I'm going to begin to read with, that, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, 
and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. And King James reads this way, The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth, so is every one that is born of the Spirit. I, I looked this up just the other day. The word listeth there doesn't mean to be listless. The word listeth there means uh, to exercise the will. So the wind blows where it wills, and you hear the sound thereof. We can't tell whence it cometh, whither it goes. So is everyone that's born of the Spirit. Now, I'm going to read a couple different translations here because it's so very important for you to get the full flavor of this. John 3 from the literal translation of the Holy Bible by Mr. Green. Uh, verse 6, that having been generated out of the flesh is flesh, and that having been generated out of the Spirit is spirit. Do not wonder because I said to you, you must be generated from above. The Spirit blows where he desires. And you hear his voice, but you do not know from where he comes and where he goes. So is everyone having been generated from the Spirit. Now, that is a literal translation of the Bible by Mr. Green. I don't remember his first name, who translated it from the Texas Receptus, which is the Greek text from which we get the King James Version. So I'm reading verse 8 again to you. This is uh, a literal translation of the Greek same Greek that John 3 and 8 and the King James is translated from. The Spirit breathes where he desires, and you hear his voice, but you do not know from whence he comes and where he goes. So is everyone having been generated from the Spirit. Now, completely different perspective. The contemporary English version reads, Humans give life to their children, yet only God's Spirit can change you into a child of God. Don't be surprised when I say that you must be born from above. Only God's Spirit gives new life. The Spirit is like the wind that blows where it wants to, wherever it wants to. You can hear the wind, but you don't know where it comes from or where it is going. And then finally, let's read the Catholic Bible, the Douay-Rheims version. And, and if you compare the two, a lot of times in the in all of the books that are in the King James Version uh, with the Catholic Version, just the books in the Catholic Version are from the King James Version, you'll find a lot of times, whichever one was written second quoted the other because they're almost exactly the same. But I'm reading to you uh, from uh, uh, the Douay Version, Douay-Rheims Version, uh, John chapter 3, verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Wonder not that I said to thee, ye must be born again. The Spirit breatheth where he will, and thou hearest his voice, but thou knowest not whence he cometh and whither he goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. Now, Robertson's word picture says the word pneuma, P-N-E-U-M-A, in the English equivalent letters of the Greek, occurs 370 times in the New Testament and never means wind elsewhere except in a quotation from the Old Testament 
in Hebrews 1 and 7 from Psalms 104 and 4. Never. So the King James translators used wind and several, several other translations, including modern translations, use wind. But the Greek word pneuma means wind, breath, or spirit, depending on the context. And since Jesus is talking about being born of the Spirit, it would make sense to me, and I'm not a Greek scholar, but I read three translations by Greek scholars, and I read from a, an analytical book from a Greek scholar, Mr. Robertson, uh, who, uh, who says that the word pneuma is never used in context to refer to wind in the rest of the New Testament. Now, yes, the analogy is the wind blow it words, it wants to, it comes whatever, but the Spirit, too, the Spirit of the Lord, too, breathes where it wants to, by His will. The Spirit of the Lord breathes on us to come in us. It's His will to offer that, but we have to choose by our will to receive it, to allow it to come into us. In addition, the Greek word sound in King James the Greek word for this translated sound in the King James is actually the Greek word P-H-O-N-E can be either sound as of wind or voice as of the spirit. So it is the voice of the spirit that is the proof of the spirit being in the person that has been born of the spirit. Whatever that voice of the spirit is, it is a voice uniquely of the Spirit that is in those that are born of the Spirit. And he said, Jesus said, so is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Vincent's Word Studies goes farther and says of the Greek word translated voice or sound, uh, phone, a, uh, P-H-O-N-E in the Greek. It's used both of articulate and inarticulate utterances as of the words from heaven at Jesus' baptism and transfiguration, and also the praying in the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. It, it is the voice of the Spirit. And we know that to be the case because in Acts chapter 2, verse 6, uh, when the King James says, when this uh, was noised abroad, the Greek words there are exactly the same Greek words as found in John chapter 3, verse 8, that are translated, when this voice was heard. When this voice was made, or this voice was heard. So, the Holy Ghost, in Acts chapter 2, verse 6, directly connects, in the Greek, what happened in Acts 2, 4, with what was said in John 3 and 8 directly connects it. And so speaking in tongues there is uh, the evidence of being born in the Spirit. Now, one more place in this lesson. Uh, biblically speaking, with tongues is the only common sign of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Reading from Mark 16, 17. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Now, which baptism is referred to here? 
Well, the Bible says, according to Ephesians 4, there's only one baptism. And then Paul in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 2, beginning with verse 1, he says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, we will go on under perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, of faith toward God, of the doctrine singular, of baptisms plural. So there's only one baptism, just like there's only one new birth. And just like the new birth has two parts to it, water and spirit, baptism has two parts to it, water and spirit. And so (laughs) in Mark 16, when he says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, since he is speaking of the coming new covenant, which what which came into being beginning at 6 a.m. on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 verse uh, 4 then the water then the, the the baptism here has to refer to both water and spirit baptism for he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved because he that is born again shall be saved he that is born again enters the kingdom of god He's born again proves they've been born of the Spirit. And it's not flesh trying to save themselves. And there's two parts of it in both places. That's why, that's why Titus said in Titus uh, 3.8, I think it is, or 2.8.1, says, uh, uh, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Washing of regeneration is water baptism. Acts twenty two sixteen, Paul said that Ananias said to him, And now arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. So the washing of regeneration Repentance of water baptism washes away the sins that have been forgiven, removes them from our account in heaven, covers them with our, with his blood because the name of Jesus is applied in water baptism. And when we have faith in that name, according to Acts chapter 10, I believe it was verse 40 through three, where Peter said that God saves those who have faith in his name, they would receive remission of sins. And says, water baptism is for the remission of sins. Therefore, when the name of Jesus is spoken over us in water baptism, we have remission of sins. And since there's, since there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved other than the name of Jesus, and since remission of sins is accomplished by the shedding of his blood, then we know that in water baptism... In the name of Jesus, that the blood of Jesus Christ is applied to our lives to wash away all evidences of our past sins against us. So our sins are forgiven and remitted. And then we're renewed by the Holy Ghost. Not by Titus 3 and 5. That's it. Titus 3 and 5. I remembered it. (laughs) Titus 3 and 5. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration 
and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11, Paul said, And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. There you have both parts again. The name of Jesus being implied in the washing and the justification and the Spirit filling us and sanctifying us. All of those are the same parts. So he that believeth and is baptized, Acts, uh, Mark 16, 16, shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. All believers. Here are signs that every believer can expect in their lives at some point or another. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now, four of those signs are dependent on circumstances that the individual believer has no control over. I can't cast out a devil if I don't have a devil in someone that needs to be cast out. I'm not going to take up serpents voluntarily. I'm not going to drink any deadly thing voluntarily. And I can only pray for the sick as I'm led of God to do so. And they will recover. As the will of God is revealed to me by his spirit, as I'm led by his spirit, I will do that. And he will do it. But there's one of those five. That's the only one of those five that happened on the day of Pentecost. The only one of those five that happened in Acts chapter 10. And the only one of those five that happened in Acts chapter 19. The only one of those five. And they shall speak with new tongues. Now, the scripture says other tongues, strange tongues, uh, new tongues. All of those are adjective synonyms that refer to these tongues that the Holy Ghost gave in Acts chapter 2, verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the empowerment to do it and supplied the language for them to speak through that empowerment. Now, Jesus said in Mark 16, 17, that these would be signs. And according to Strong's, the word sign means an indication, especially supernaturally. Thayer says the word means that by which a person or thing is distinguished from others and is known. Also, Thayer says it means a sign, a prodigy, portent or an unusual occurrence transcending the common course of nature. So these are supernatural signs. And a further explanation of that definition, according to Thayer's, is spoken of miracles and wonders by which God authenticates the men sent by him and by which men prove that the cause they are pleading is God's. And it also is the proof that you have been born of the Spirit. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. 
I pray that you will be stirred enough by this lesson that you'll go back and do your own study of these things. I don't ask you to believe what I've said. I'm asking you to go back and read the scriptures for yourself and read them carefully. Read word for word. Don't let your mind skip over words. You can't speed read the Bible. You cannot speed read the Bible. Ask the Lord to give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of his truth. Ask the Lord to give you the love of his truth. Ask the Lord to help you to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost if you don't have it yet. Or ask him if you have received the Holy Ghost to give you liberty in that language, in that miraculous sign that is not just a sign. It starts out as a sign but becomes a, the manifestation of the Spirit that's given to profit all of us. And through that manifestation of the Spirit, we will not only be able to pray and praise, but by that same Spirit, we will be able to operate whatever gifting of the Spirit He gives us to be able to profit and edify the body of Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that you would receive this from Him today that you would believe this from him, and that God would enable you to fully have liberty in him, that he might be able to pray through you any time he chooses to, whatever he chooses to pray, even if you don't know what he's praying, because you'll have faith in his word that the Spirit of God is praying through you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.